The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. The highest energy, Friday, July 24th, 2020, energetic welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires. We have a just energetic, mind-boggling, sensational guest with us today. We're going to introduce her in in one second. I'm Neil Toff, co-host, co-creator of Fireside Chats Without the Fires. My mate and co-host, Paul, are you out there? I am, Neil. For a minute, I thought you were talking about me, then realized you, you would never speak to me in such glowing terms. So I'm, I'm well on this Friday. I'm currently in the UK. I flew over from Manila on Tuesday. I have to say, I had a great experience flying in the current climate. And I don't mean weather. I mean the, cover, the current COVID climate, but wonderful. And I am over the moon. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm grinning from ear to ear to be on today's podcast. I can't wait for this. I'm bouncing like a kid in a candy store. Kid in the candy store, so I am too. Let's introduce the other person in our candy store, our CX candy store, the one and only Stacy Sherman. Stacy, give us a Good welcome. Morning. Hello, hello, and I'm so happy to be in the candy store. <laughs> the CX candy store. If everyone could see, and I think we, we're going to post, Stacy's going to be our first uh, guest that we will post a video of. If those of you that aren't going to see the video, unfortunately, you are going to see a smile on Stacy's face. You're going to see a, a smile on Paul's face. You're going to see an even bigger smile on my face. The body language between the three of us is just sensational because this thing is crackling with energy. Stacy has gotten us amped up as you know what for this session. Let's get to it. Stacy. I mean, I just don't even know where to begin. If I pull up the LinkedIn profile, there's so much in here. This chock full of stuff. I worry that I'm going to do a disservice. Can you just tell us and the audience, for those of us that aren't familiar with you, give, why don't you give us your background rather than me trying to fumble and bumble uh, around it, because there literally is just so much great stuff in here. I want you to do it uh, the, the justice it deserves. Thank you. And flattery gets you everywhere, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I am a digital marketer, and that turned into customer experience. They kind of go hand in hand. I fell into the CX world, and then I just ran with it and never stopped. So I consider myself a CX strategist and practitioner and leader. I am doing CX uh, by day. I work at Schindler Elevator Corporation, a very big, well-known company based in Switzerland. I'm in America and I'm leading customer experience in the USA and includes employee engagement. And previously I was at Verizon, which uh, um, is a different experience, which makes me uh, really proud that I've been in a lot of different business to business and business to consumer spaces. And um, then at night, when I'm not at my day job, I'm still doing CX. I'm doing CX right. And I'm living my passion around inspiring people to create happy, great experiences and there's so much behind that, but I'm, I'm walking the talk 24 by seven and I do sleep too. Stacy, you're only leaving a third of it out. I think I can think of you just <laughs> omitted modestly uh, a recent book that's been published that you uh, created, uh, that you helped to create and, and, and you're an author of, uh, and some recent recognition in, I believe two different uh, thought leader um, 
um, uh, published documents and rankings. Please don't be bashful. Tell us about those. Yeah. So um, this book is co-authored with uh, over 20 people uh, in different countries. And we brought together the most important customer experience topics. And we co-wrote this together. And it's amazing. While the book is amazing and being now on Amazon, having my own page on Amazon is such a cool feeling. But quite honestly, it is much bigger than that. And the big factor is having gotten to meet people in so many different countries to collaborate on this project during COVID. And that's why I say out of bad comes good. When there's a will, there is a way. Um, And the awards, honestly, unexpected. Uh, I just got recognized with some of the other CX superstars. It was a surprise and delight to me. And um, it's great to be a thought leader out there and people that, you know, they're reading my blog and they're listening to me talk. And I'm glad because I'm not just, you know, book smart. I'm, I'm doing the work and then sharing it with others. This is brilliant. I think you have so many things to laud and to applaud here. Um, we appreciate having you on. Let's get to the topic that we originally said we were going to talk about, which is onboarding. Now, onboarding is a, is a word that's thrown around everywhere in the business world. It's even thrown around loosely in customer care and contact centers. When you chose onboarding, what did you specifically mean and why did you choose it? Why is something like onboarding so important in the CX world? It is huge and people don't pay enough attention to it from both the employee experience of onboarding and the customer onboarding. Those first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days are so critical to first impressions of a brand, of, of, you know, an experience and not enough people really are intentional and methodical to make it an excellent experience. So that's why I, I chose that because we need more awareness and it's, it's a huge part of the, of the journey. Are you actually going to tell us, you're going to come on this show and tell us, Paul, who is a practitioner and a leader in contact center operations and me, I don't know, really sure what I do. I just, I do this for fun, <laughs> uh, but, but you're going to come and tell us the audience that the prisoners have a role in running the prison yard. Come on. it is it's really a simple topic but it gets very complicated or people make it complicated and what i mean by that is you know i just said yes i accept the offer to come work at a company well okay from that moment the, the the clock begins how does the company how does hr they're the first in line How do they make me feel? How do they give me the information so that the level of effort, an important metric, LOE, how is that that experience for me to actually, before I even got to the building? Now in COVID, it may not be a building, but before I actually started the job. So it's the communication, it's the consistency, it's the hand holding, it's making it easy for me to get help when I have questions. All of that is part of the experience. And when it goes well, the new employee is excited. Same with the customer. 
They signed a contract. Okay, what next? And, and so they're very synonymous. And the first impressions is what people talk about. And it's so important. Paul, I would have put you on the spot for a second. I just heard a term that I've never heard of before. Level of effort with a capital L and a capital E. Level yeah. of effort. We, we've certainly talked about effort. We've talked about effort scores, customer effort scores. Uh, had you ever heard of level of effort? I've heard of level, level of effort when it comes to projects and project management, right, in terms of if we, from, from, from my point of view as a client, if I was to go to the vendor and say, how much, how much effort is it going to take to add this to the process or add, get this report or get this data? But I've never heard it from a level of effort when you talk about an onboarding process. Honestly, Neil, I don't want you to ask, ask me any questions during this because the, the information that we've just got, what, in 10 minutes from Stacey is, is gold dust, is, is absolutely gold dust. It, it's wonderful, honestly. So you, you'll only hear from me now at the end. This is fantastic. <laughs> you will no longer have to provide any level of effort. I'm going to turn my mic off as, as well. Let's go back Brilliant. to level Stacey, of, I love it. I love yeah, it. Let, let's go back to level of effort for a second. So um, is level the level of effort the employee side of customer effort score it's it's a way of measuring that onboarding process and what that feel is is it a metric what is it because I, I admit maybe i'm putting myself out here and, and proving too much ignorance but because it's such a new concept to me i'm fascinated by it and and would love to know you know what you've done with it or what it looks like and and or did you literally just coin this term and we're someone's going to go out and trademark it right now <laughs> no i i didn't make it up it is the level of effort is is important across every touch point in the journey. So it's not just like a one and done thing. And and it's the simplest terms of there's a lot of pieces to it, but at highest level, is it really difficult or really easy to accomplish a goal, whatever that might be? It could be about paying my bill. It could be for onboarding. It could be getting all the papers that I need easily to be able to start my job. Do I have to go on a scavenger hunt and go, you know, go on a website and go find the forms? Or do they give it to me and make it easy to fill it out and submit it and get it going? Love it. This is Fireside Chats without the fires. Neil Toff and Paul Cathro joined by Stacey Sherman, the one and only Stacey Sherman, who has literally just coined a new term for our world, but one that's out there of effort is sensational stuff. Let's move on to a different topic, uh, or let's go back, sorry, really, really just to the concept of onboarding. So we all know onboarding, the critical importance of it, uh, in theory, the linear, linear relationship between what happens in the employee experience and how that in theory translates to the customer experience. Has any of this changed? Has it become more magnified or has it maybe in fact degraded in times of COVID? Is it different now? It's different in the way it's even more important now. Um, before COVID, people did this in their own ways, not consistent, even within with even within the same company, right? Everybody had their own way. Now it has to be much more intentional and humanized 
and we have to use technology to enhance the experience. So my answer is yes, it's different. It's even more valuable to create that great first impression and then keep it going. Super. I'm going to switch gears uh, before we start the wind down uh, of this session. I want to ask you something because most of the guests that we have on are from the U.S. I'm from the U.S. You're from the U.S. Paul is not from the U.S. We have the luxury of having a different perspective. Paul is a uh, someone from the U.K., but he lives in the Philippines. So we get to have a little bit of a different angle on things. And I love that. I think having that diversity, riches, and perspective is nothing but positive in the way we look at things, discuss things, talk, talk about things. I'm curious to know your experience. So you are one of, I think you'd said, just two of you, two American authors among 24 total authors of your recent book. What in the world can non-US authors or non-US thought leaders teach us about CX? I mean, come on, we got some American pride here going. Can these guys really teach us anything? It's a great question. And I am the luckiest person in the world because not only am I learning about CX in different countries, but I'm also from the book, but I'm also learning about so many cultures because my employer Schindler is everywhere. And I work with these people everywhere. So I am learning culture and thought diversity every day. And, and I've grown so much just from you know, just from all of this. Um, but the answer to your question is the basic principles are not different. The, the methodologies and the techniques are not different. How we adapt it, you know, in terms of language, communication, words, those are different. But the, the fundamental CX practice when it comes to journey mapping, persona development, CX measurements, creating a customer-centric culture, defining surveys and the design, human, you know, human behaviors and, and using that to design, voice of customer, voice of employee, all that stuff is not different. It's just how you localize it to personalize it to that local need. Love it. Conclusion. Those of us in the U.S. that think we as proud Americans are the sovereign leaders of CX probably isn't true, right? Correct. Where there's there's a lot of us. They're really smart and but it's evolving. And so we're we're all evolving together. And I want more of us out there. I want more CX experts. That's why I write and speak because we are a very empathetic group of people. And that's why I want more of us. Love it. We're going to switch gears as we start to wind down the podcast uh, for the session today. We always ask our guests to provide thoughts in these specific areas. First one, give us a CX buster. Take an axe, break out a hat, shoot a couple BBs, break down a myth for us, break the hell out of it. What would that CX you'd like to bust today? The myth is that customer service is the same thing as customer experience. It is not. It is not. 
So customer service as a phrase, as a concept, as a, as a process has been around forever and we need it. However, that is one piece of a customer journey. That's the get help phase of the journey. And it is so essential. And if that doesn't go well, it doesn't matter if how they learned and bought and got set up went well. If the customer service is not good, it can make or break a brand. However, I can't stand when people call customer experience the same as customer service because it's not the same. But one is part of the other and they're both so important. Listen up, you practitioners out there. Do not mix concepts. There's a difference, according to Stacy, and according to me, certainly as well. And I think, Paul, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I think you'd argue the exact same thing. Customer service is a just a subset of the larger world of customer experience and customer journey. I love this and couldn't agree with it more. Uh, thank you for breaking that, that myth down. Tell us who your CX heroes are, certainly in times of covid Customer interactions are interesting. We've gotten a chance to observe a lot of brands and, and thought leaders and, 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 and practitioners up close. Who would your CX heroes be? Please share those. Yes. So one person that comes to mind, my hero, who is no surprise, is Shep Hyken. No surprise whatsoever. He, he is the model of CX professionally and personally. He walks the talk, he's authentic, he's famous, and yet he keeps it real. And I love that. And, and, and so he, there's so many reasons why, but he's definitely a, a true hero. Um, the second person I wanna say is, her name is Cynthia James. And her name may not be as well known as Shep Hyken, although she is big, um, has traveled the globe and really inspired people. And it's not necessarily in the CX space, but it's around the concept of humanizing experiences and, and a true leader um, and a diversity guru. Um, I look up to her. I was on her show. I feel so honored that I, I got to be because uh, everybody should look her up and we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. But yeah, she just knows how to keep it real, just like Shep, but in a different topic. And then finally, a brand. And that's Trader Joe's. And I know I'm repetitive for those who've heard me before, but it's worth repeating. Trader Joe's, from the moment you walk in the store, you onboard, people say hello. They walk you over to what you're looking for instead of most supermarkets. If you ask for help, they just point in some direction in the air and you're guessing which aisle was that? <laughs> um, it's, it's never mind great products, but it's really the whole experience from the moment I walk into the store till I even get home and eat the product and I'm as happy as can be. And the best thing that every brand could only wish for is there's these Facebook groups and maybe Twitter chats, I'm not sure, but dedicated communities where people, their customers are talking about the foods, what they bought and how much they love the food and what their recipes are. The community is doing, not the store. That's how you know you have an amazing brand. Love it. This is a great list of people. Shep, uh, so, some previous guests have always mentioned Shep. Shep is definitely a hero for many of us. Uh, Cynthia James was her name. 
Yes. Correct? So that, that's a new, a new name for us. We're going to check her out, and we're certainly going to tag her on this. That's great to hear. And, of course, Trader Joe's here in, here in South Florida, where I live, Trader Joe's is not that widespread. There's a few of them. I wish there were more. But you're absolutely right. I got to tell you, my experience here in South Florida, you walk in, everyone says hi. They take you exactly to where you need. There never seems to be an issue with inventory. Uh, the stores are maintained uh, clean. They're organized. It's easy to find stuff. And if you need help, it's easy to find an associate who walks you literally over to where that is on, 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 on the exact shelf in the right aisle. And it's, I, I, I concur. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. We got one more section. CX quotes. Give us a quote uh, to wrap this part of the session up. Yes. And that is, it takes 12 positive experiences to make up for one negative experience. And then I want to add on to that. That's if the customer tells you. So it is so much energy and investment to get when you get it wrong. 12 positive experiences to make up for one negative. You got to do it right. You got to be doing CX right. It's just a powerful quote and it makes sense. Love it. I have two requests as we wrap this up. First request, please plug your book. Tell us the name and tell us how one gets a copy of the book. Yes, thank you. So it's uh, Customer Experience 2. It's on Amazon. You can go to my page, uh, Stacy Sherman. No Ian Stacy, or you won't find me. And... Um, Every section is, is very powerful. My section is about how voice of customer and voice of employee is a game changer. And I give 15 actionable tips that you could do right now to make it your game changer. Audience, go follow her. Wow. Get the book, read her stuff, track her down, read her LinkedIn posts. Just follow her. The content <laughs> is amazing. This has been Fireside Chats Without the Fires, Friday, July 24th. Amazing as we're wrapping up the month of July almost. Stacy, final request for you. Will you come back and visit us on the show as a guest? <laughs> oh, thank you. I thought Please. you'd never ask. <laughs> yes. Awesome. We loved having you. Thank you so much for joining us. Audience, like we said, follow Stacy. This has been a high energy uh high return session for me and for Paul. I loved it. I think Love we almost learned a heck of a lot. Yeah. And Stacy, your energy just radiates. Uh, we learn from you. We enjoy you. Thank you for coming on. You've been a sensational guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take Thank care, you. audience. Thanks, Have yeah. a great week. All the best. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.